Well, good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, today, we are going to talk about something called made right. Have you ever tried to make things right with someone? I want you to think about that for a second. Have you ever, have you attempted to make things right with someone? Maybe somebody that got offended by something you said, or somebody that maybe you worked with and you broke away from the job, or have you ever tried to make things right? It's hard, isn't it, sometimes? As a parent, uh, when me and my kids would get in an argument, a lot of times I would say something really stupid. You know, I just, sometimes I would say stupid stuff, and it would make my kids really upset, and they would go to the room, and what they would do is they would lock the door on me so that if I came to the door, I would knock, and I'm trying to make things right with them. I want to mend my mistake. I want to I know I screwed up, and so I'd go to the door, and I'd say, hey, open the door, and they'd say, no, go away. That's what my kids would say, go away, because I did it. I said something stupid, or uh, they're upset with me, and so they would lock the door, and so one thing that I learned as a parent, and if you're a parent, you can try this out at home, is I would walk away, but I wouldn't really go anywhere, so I would stand outside the door, and I'd say, okay, well, you know, let me know when you're okay and we can make things right. And I'd go, see you later. Bye-bye. And then I'd hear them get up and they'd go and lock the door and open the door and I'd jump out and go, ha-ha, I'm sorry. <laughs> and my kids would, you know, they were so upset that I got them or whatever. And so I'd try so hard to, to bring humor in that and make things right with them because it really bothered me that I couldn't make it right with them. Um, I don't like leaving scenarios where things aren't on the same field and, you know, things are okay and everybody's kind of worked everything out. Or, so that when you run into somebody at Walmart and you see them in the aisle, you're like, oh, I'm going to go down a different aisle. I don't want to run into that person. It's so nice to make things right with people. Well, some people just don't want to do it, do they? You know, you, you try really hard at... At, you come into a disagreement with someone, and, and it's just, you, you think that things are okay, and then you run into somebody that knows somebody, and then you get this long list of things that they're still holding on to today. It's like, I thought we were on the same page. I thought everything was okay. I thought we had moved on. And you just, it brings up all those old feelings. Like, this isn't made right. It stinks, doesn't it, when that happens? Well, that's people. Making things right with people is really hard, isn't it? But today I want to talk about making things right with God. That we're in right standing with God. And I think with people, this is the best place to start, is to know our right standing with the Lord. That we are okay, that God loves us, that God accepts us, that God forgives us. And so that is what I'm going to talk to you about today is we're going to talk about making things right with God. As we discussed last week and the week before, we're in the current series of we don't live in our past. We don't live in our past. And so one of the biggest parts of not living in our past is to know that we are made right again, that we're in right standing with God. And, and so Paul explains this to the church as he's talking to the church of Rome. This is a church that, that is, is growing. Um, they are 
combining uh, Jews and Gentiles, so there's a lot of decisions being made. So Paul brings everybody under the umbrella that everyone has made mistakes in life, that we've all screwed up, we've all walked away from God. But God is making things right, and he made things right through Jesus. And so we're going to be looking at Romans 3.21. We're going to start there. I'm going to break this down verse by verse on how you and I could be made right with God. What is the age-old question? How am I made right with the big man upstairs? How am I made right with God? How, how do I know I'm in right standing with him? One thing that I just want to just share is one thing that I've heard over the years is I've invited people to church over and over and over again. I, I don't give up on people. A lot of times I invite them eight times before I say, okay, maybe I'm going to pull it back a little bit. But one thing that I've heard over the years is, you know, Neil, I would come to church, but there's just some things that I got to get right with God first. There's some things that I'm working on that, that I want to that I want to get fixed with God before I step into the church. And so I just want you to think about this for a second, is the church's intention, our messages, everything that we do in community is not about like finally getting to a point where we're made right with God. It's about coming together in community to recognize and remember that God has made us right. And so if you're at home today and you're listening to this message like, you know what, there's some things I got to get right before I step into the church. I just want you to know you are always invited in whatever place you're in. And so today we're going to look at how are we made right with God? What does the Bible say about that? We're going to look at Romans 3, 21. Let's go ahead and pray and then we're going to jump right in. God, we thank you so much for the plans that you have for each one of us this morning, the uh, opportunity to just hear your word and discover the things that it is that you want to say to our hearts. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you in this moment right here, right now. I just choose to get out of your way this morning and, and um, would you truly just speak directly through me to your people, God? Speak directly to our hearts. You know exactly what it is that we need to hear. Come, Holy Spirit. Come in power. Have your way. Just remove any walls that we would want to put up um, as we just think about we don't live in our past and that you've made us right. If there's anything that just wants to, that wants to uh, separate us from that, that intentional word this morning, Lord, we just choose to just Tear down those walls right now. In Jesus' name, amen. So like I said, we're going to be looking at Romans 3, 21. Romans 3, 21. So like I said, we're going to also break this down verse by verse. So we're going to be in Romans 3, 21 for a little bit, and then we'll move on. So it starts with this. This is Paul writing to the church. It says, but now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law of the prophets testify. So Paul starts with, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has made known 
by the prophets because they used to testify. So I just, I think of back in the Old Testament where Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, would go to the center of the courtyard of the entire city and shout out, everybody repent, turn away from the things, your other gods, the things that are distracting you from the God Almighty and turn back to God because he loves you. He wants you to be his people again. And so his word was, was, if you follow the law of God, you can be God's people. And so Paul reminds the church that throughout the entire history of the Old Testament, God has constantly, he's given us this law, the Ten Commandments. Simply put, it's the Ten Commandments to keep us in line with his will for our life. Because if you look at the Ten Commandments, it's all really good stuff. So Paul says this in the very beginning of of this writing of how are we made right with God? He says, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known. So apart from the law, God has been making this known all this time that we can be in righteousness. We can be in right standing with God through the law. But the law felt really incomplete because nobody can complete the law. Nobody could follow all of the laws. We've all made mistakes like he talks about earlier. So he's going to give us a solution. Verse 22, it says, This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There's no difference between Jew or Gentile. So the way that we can be made right with God is this righteousness. Righteousness means to be made right with God, to literally be made whole, to be made right, that you've made things right with God. The way that you can be made right with God is through faith in Jesus Christ. So Paul says, we started with the law, and it was told by the Old Testament, it's told by the prophets, and nobody could complete the law. And so God has made things right, and the way that you can, you can stand in right standing with God is by your faith in Jesus Christ. Your faith in Jesus Christ alone. And then he goes on to say, whether you're Jew or Gentile. And I love that because I think in our culture today that there's so many people that we, maybe you didn't grow up in a church setting. Maybe your family you know, went to Mass one time a year, or you showed up to church at Easter, or maybe you never went to church. Maybe you didn't really talk about God in your, in your, in your home context. That, that, that was never even mentioned. That, that doesn't make a difference on you being made right with God, because it's my faith in Jesus Christ that makes me right with God. It's not my dad's faith. It's not my mom's faith. Like, they love Jesus, and they know Jesus, but it's, it's my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So even if you don't have the context of, like, well, I'm the first one in my family to actually put faith in Jesus Christ, you are made right with God. There's no special treatment to somebody that grew up in a Christian household. We're all made right with God through one way, and that's through faith in Jesus Christ. Let's read verse 24. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Verse 25 says, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. 
He did this to demonstrate his justice because of his forbearance. He had left sin committed beforehand unpunished. This is like a power-packed verse, isn't it? Verse 25 says that God presented Christ Jesus as a sacrifice of our atonement. He presents his son to pay the payment that no one could pay, that the law couldn't pay, because nobody could follow the law completely except for Jesus Christ. So he presents his son as a sacrifice for our atonement. Which reminds me of John 3.16. You know what's the most memorable verse in the Bible? It's John 3.16. It's the verse that a lot of people know, besides Jesus wept, right? Yeah, I got that one down. It's John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, his only son, his one and only, his precious child, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Paul reminds us of this as Jesus was the atonement for everything. So, so God gave his only son so that all of us could be made right with him, with the Father. And think of that. So Jesus comes to earth from heaven and lives a perfect life that no one could live, that, that he fulfilled all of the law in himself. And then he dies on the cross. And the last words that Jesus said on the cross was this. It is finished. It's done. What he wasn't talking about is his time on this earth. What he wasn't talking about was, oh, this time that I invested in the disciples, it's finally over. I can finally go back to heaven. (laughs) What he was talking about was it is finished, meaning it is completely 100% paid for. Our atonement of all of our mistakes, every mistake that has ever happened on this earth, every sin, everything that you could add up that has separated people from God, God said, it is finished. When he passed, when he died on that cross, he said, it is finished. He's paid for everything. It's completed. There's no other solution that God is in heaven trying to come up with a scheme or a plan to finally make people right with himself. He sent his only son so that all of us could be made right with him. That we could have this beautiful relationship with God. That we are made right with the Father. That we can turn to Him as a friend. That's one of my favorite songs. I am a friend of God. Because it says it in His Word. That we're no longer separated. Because Jesus says, it is finished. I paid for everything. It's this beautiful free gift that you get. And you are made right with God today. Because of what Jesus did on the cross. Once and for all, there's no other solution. There's no other name that's going to make you right with God. It's through Jesus Christ and what he did. It's done. It's finished. We don't have to live in the past anymore because it's finished. The past is the old way of living. And Jesus has a brand new way of living for us. It's with the Father. It's with his love. It's with his acceptance. This is Paul's message to the church. 
Jesus paid the atonement for all of our mistakes. We all come under the umbrella of we've all sinned, we've all made mistakes, but Jesus paid it all. And then he goes on to say in verse 26, he did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time so as to be just and the ones who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. So Jesus did all of this to pay for justice for our mistakes. Because God is a just God. He's a just God and he deserves justice. Have you ever thought about that? That that the God of creation, the God of heaven, he's a just God and he rules with justice. But the craziest part about this God is that he took out the justice that we deserve on ourselves because we screwed up and we walk away from him and we make mistakes. He took out that justice on his own son. I need to make things right. I need justice because I'm a just God. Therefore, I'm going to send my son and I'm going to take out all the justice of the world on him. Therefore, we stand in God's presence with the Father justified. Justified is this word that means just as if you've never sinned. Like how amazing is that? How free is that to know that we are in right standing with God in justice, that we are justified, not because of our actions, but simply because of what Jesus Christ did for us. It's such a freeing gift That makes this relationship with the Father so much stronger, doesn't it? To know that he accepts us, he loves us, that we can turn back to him at any point of time in life. We are justified, we are made righteous. So how are you and I made right with God? How do you answer this age-old question that so many people contemplate today? This wall of separation, I, I, you know what? I, I can't make things right with God. I've, I've made too many mistakes. How are you and I made right with God? It's simply in his word. It was in the passage that we just read, wasn't it? In verse 21, it says that he has given us the gift of righteousness. It's a gift. He has given it to us through faith in Jesus Christ. It says that we are made just We are justified in God through faith in Jesus Christ. So the way that we are justified, the way that we are made right with God is simply by putting faith in Jesus Christ, that he is the one and only person. He is God, and he's the only one that can actually justify our hearts, that he can bring right standing with us and God. It's one name alone, and it's Jesus. Jesus has completely paid for every single Mistake that we've ever made, and we can stand in right standing with God. So this word faith, it's like it's sprinkled throughout the entire passage, isn't it? It's faith in Jesus. It's faith in Jesus. It's faith in Jesus. What faith means, it means that it completely encompasses every part of our life. It means that it encompasses our our, uh, physical, our mental, our emotional That we are just in faith of Jesus Christ. 
that we have so much faith in Jesus. We have as much faith in Jesus as we do in the air that we breathe today. That's how we're in right standing with God, that you just have faith in God. You have faith in what Jesus did. And it's faith in Jesus Christ. That is how we are in right standing with God. Because God sent his only son not to put faith into something else, but to put faith into Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus is how we are justified, how we are made right with God. It's how we don't live in our past. I think this word faith is something also that a lot of people struggle with. As I've shared that I'm a Christian with people that you know, ask them, hey, what do you guys believe? Or what, what is something that, um, that you've walked through in the past? Or have you ever been to church and stuff? I hear a lot of people go into the Old Testament and start talking about all these Old Testament stories and, and just like really being, you know, really being awestruck with, I don't understand it at all. You know, like Elijah like flew up in a chariot of fire. Like, what does that mean? Or, you know, Moses, like, parted the Red Sea and people literally walked on land while there's water on both sides. Or Noah, have you ever, I mean, have you ever thought about the book of Genesis and Noah where, where he fills up the ark with all these animals? Like, where did they come from? I mean, think about that. All these animals getting along together on an ark and Noah built the ark. I mean, we're talking about a gigantic boat. I can barely build like a model boat no one's building arcs and so people struggle with this this concept of like i don't know if i can believe this stuff because you're gonna need faith to believe the bible won't you you're gonna need faith to believe god's promises in your life you're gonna need faith but i want to start with this today and i want you to know that your faith doesn't start with believing Noah's story. It doesn't start with believing Moses walking and parting the Red Sea. It doesn't start with David defeating Delilah, Goliath. (laughs) It doesn't start with that. Faith starts with believing that Jesus Christ died on a cross for all the sins of the world and rose again on the third day. That's where it starts. You put your hope and your faith in Jesus Christ and the rest will start to come. There's a lot of things that I believe today that 20 years ago, I would read them in the Bible. I'm like, I don't know if I can, I don't understand this stuff. I don't get it. But as you start to believe God would send his only son to die for me, it starts to make the entire Bible come to life. All of a sudden you start to see, wow, this whole thing is about God's redemptive story. He sent Moses to Egypt to to the Israelites. And of course he's going to part the Red Sea because he's a God that provides. If he calls you to something, he's going to provide. And so he's not going to have Moses standing on one side of the sea and then the Egyptians come back and completely capture all the Israelites that he just rescued. You know, you start to believe this stuff because you have faith in Jesus. And if God would send his only son, he will do anything he can to come after your heart today. He, he has done everything he can to mend this relationship, to, to build up this unity between you and him. He's done it all. He's paid all the price. The ticket is paid for. As a kid, I was a little different than my kids. 
When I'd make a mistake, what I would do is I would actually go to my room and I would lock the door. I can remember <laughs> my brother was, was running around outside and I don't know what it was, like what, what made me mad about him, but I picked up a, a um, you know those big red bats? And then he had the plastic ball. They're pretty hard, like a wiffle ball, but it's solid plastic. And, and he was turned away from me and I picked up this plastic ball, and I mean, I just like whipped this thing at him. I was a pitcher, and like I could throw pretty quick, and it hit him right in the square of his back. <laughs> he might still have like an imprint from this thing, but he was so mad, and I couldn't believe that I did it, you know? Like I was really surprised. And so I took off running all throughout the house, and I finally made it to my room, and I locked the door. Because I was scared of what he's going to do. He finally caught me later on. But when I would make my parents mad, I would go to my room, and I'd lock the door. I just want to be alone. Leave me alone. I understand. Whatever. Just go away. I'll come out when, when I feel better. And I'd just sit in my room and I'd just contemplate, like, why'd I do that? Why, why'd I throw that baseball at him? Why'd I say that to my mom? And I was just reminded of that today. Because the Bible says that Jesus stands at the door and he knocks. And I mean, how powerful is that? Hey, paid for everything like what what are you doing in there why are you in there come out come out he's not on the other side of the door ready to jump on us and and yell at us and tell us all these things that we've done wrong we are made right with God because because Jesus stands at the door and he knocks and he says, I paid for it all. Like, you get to be with the Father. Have you seen my Father? Do you know him? Do you love him? Isn't it good to be with him? Would you come to the Father with me? You're made right today. We're all prodigal sons and daughters that the Father comes out of the house and runs and embraces us. He's paid for everything this morning. So here it is. If you've never put your hope and trust, if you've never put your faith in Jesus, and I don't care if you've been in church all your life, I'm coming to the conclusion that, that we've kind of skipped this part in, in American church culture. We've kind of skipped the part of, do you know Jesus? Do you put faith in Jesus? Is he your everything today? Today's the day to do it. To just say, Jesus, I just choose to put my hope and my faith in you. I choose to do that right now. Would you have all of my life take every aspect of me, my thoughts, 
my emotions, my will. Take everything. I put my hope and faith in you, Jesus Christ. You were made right with God. For others of us that, that maybe have done that in the past, I just want to invite you today, if, if your faith's been running pretty low and you got kind of confused with some other stuff, this is a great place to come back to. If you got confused with, man, what's happening in the world? Or why is this happening? Why is Jesus allowing this to happen? This is where you got to come back to. This is the starting point. Jesus Christ died on a cross for everyone's mistakes. And you can put your hope and your faith back into this. And watch how God replenishes. He refuels that well of faith in you. That you'll have faith for the things that you didn't have faith for. You'll have faith for the things you didn't believe in. You'll have faith for the things you didn't really trust God in. you got to come back to Jesus Christ, sacrifice everything so that I can be made right with God once again. So would you do that today? Just say, Jesus, you know what? I've kind of gotten off track, and I'm putting my faith back in you, that you've made me right with God, and that you've completely paid for everything for me to be in right standing with God. So I choose to trust you today. And lastly, I just want to say for for any of you that, that are listening to this, that You've been following Jesus for a while, and this is, this is good reminders, Neil, and man, this is such good stuff. Does your heart break for people to know this? I mean, does your heart, like, is it, is it broken for others to know this? Not to agree with your views, not to agree with your agendas or your political standings, but is your heart breaking for the world to know that Jesus Christ has made us right with God? I just think of Jesus looking at Jerusalem and he looks at the city that was God's people and his heart starts to break and he weeps over the city of Jerusalem. Would you weep over your city with us? Would you weep for people to know that Jesus is the only answer for so many people in our world that are just completely trying to discover anything and everything but Jesus? Would you weep with us? Would you cry with us that people would know this God that has made things right with him? That people are justified, that they are made right, that they are righteous in God's eyes because of what he did on the cross. Would you weep for people to know? Would you pray with a heart of revival for our cities, for the quad cities as a whole? Would you weep with us? Would you come alongside us? Would you partner with us in this? Is that people need to know the gospel. They're walking around not knowing that they're made right with God and they're living this life that's completely so far from him. Would you weep with us? Would you spend time this week to, to fast a meal and just, just think about your city and pray for the brokenhearted, pray for the people in your life that desperately need to know the hope of Jesus Christ? Would you do that with us? I invite you, would you partner with us? Would you come alongside the community, the a church community that says we want people to know the gospel. It's so vital. Would you come alongside us? Would you cry with us? Would you weep for our cities?
I just invite you to do that. As Jesus wept for the city, would you weep with us? You can do that by far away. You can do that, def- um, you know, from, from afar. But you can also do that in community right here at the church. Come on Sunday morning. Be a part of the rest of the community. Grab arms with other people and be a part of this, this church that just says, you know what, we're putting the gospel first. Our mission is to love God, love people, and change the world. Would you be a part of that today? Would you put your hope and faith back into God's plans for his church? I just invite you into that. And so whether one of those three things hits home with you this morning, I just want you to know that this message is completely 100% geared for you. You have God has such a plan and purpose for your life in these walls that want to separate you and and make you feel like you can't be with God, that there's things from your past that separate you from God. Those are no more in your life whatsoever, and you have a brand new life in Jesus Christ this morning. And so I just want to pray for you, and I also would just love to take communion. So if you have anything at your house, any bread, any drinks, I'm going to go ahead and pray. And while I'm praying, if you want to go ahead and get a couple of items together, um, whatever you would like to use is totally okay. But we're going to remember what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. So God, we thank you that there's no longer any separation between us and you, that you have paid the complete debt of all of our debts. Huh. You're a God of forgiveness and you just wipe the slate clean. And so, Lord, we just choose to put our hope and our faith in you, Jesus, right now. Right now, in this moment. We surrender our lives. We surrender our agendas. We surrender our plans, our will, our, our well-thought-out um, decisions that we, you know, strategically came up with. We surrender it all. We put our hope and our faith in you, Jesus. Everything. Take every aspect of our life and we just hand it over to you (laughs) we're in such better hands when we hand our life over to you and so lord take our hearts i just pray for anyone that's just uh, ran really dry in faith lately I just pray for faith to just rise up right now as, as we just take a little mustard seed of faith this morning and just say you know what god i'm gonna choose to just trust you Lord, would that mustard seed just bloom? Would you water it? Would it build really great roots in a, in a church community? Would it grow to be just an amazing tree, God, that brings so much fruit for the city? Just increase our faith, God. And Lord, we just we remember what you did for us on the cross. that your body was beaten and broken so that we could be made whole. And so as we are in right standing with God, I just also pray for rightness in our bodies. That Just as uh, your word says, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that we are made right, not only made right with our hearts, but made right with any illnesses, any diseases, any mental illness, any, um, anything that is not 
the way that it's going to be in heaven, would you make our bodies right as we remember what you did for us on the cross, this powerful testimony that your body was whipped and broken for our well-being. And so as we take your body, Lord, we just make us right. Anything that's going on in our body, in Jesus' name, amen. Then lastly, Lord, we just remember your blood that was shed for our forgiveness, that this cost you everything. So we just remember your blood, Lord. You paid the ultimate price. So we thank you for your forgiveness. We do this in remembrance of you. Amen. I want you guys to just know that Jesus loves you so much, and we are always here for you. We are always open. Like, please leave us a message on Facebook, or um, if you'd like to email us, it's always in the, um, in the comments, in the section, that you can just email us any questions you have, anything that's going on in life. And we'd always love to see you next Sunday at the 9 or 1030 service. Come check out City Church. Thank you so much for tuning in and have a blessed week.